You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. talk about prayer again this evening, but also I want to talk about prayer in a little different light. I want to talk about it as in when it comes to Scripture. Uh, it's a very powerful um, way of praying is when we Scripture pray or when we do Scripture praying. And uh, if you look at the Word of God, you'll see uh, David was a man, the Bible says, after God's own heart. Uh, he was not perfect. But his life was an open book uh, before the Lord. And you see that through the Psalms. Nearly half, 73 of the Psalms is written by David. And so it essentially is a book uh, of David communing with God on a regular basis. And you see the, the transparency of David's life. You see his life is long ways from perfect. But you do see that he has such a desire and, 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 and a heart for the things of God. And it's through that that he writes a nearly half of the Psalms. And those Psalms are things that we can use in our life as examples uh, that David used and said, listen, this is the life that David was living. These are the things David was dealing with, uh, and this is how he received strength. Uh, the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord encouraged himself in the Lord. Acts chapter 13 and verse 22, it says, When he had removed Saul, he raised up unto them David to be the king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. What does it mean to be a person after the heart of God? It's not that somebody has some particular uh, expertise or, or overabundance of talents. It's not based on that. The Bible tells us very clearly in this verse, uh, as he's going back to refer to 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 14, he's referring to David, and he makes it clear what it is that, it's, that is about David that makes him unique. Uh, and he says at the very end of this verse in Acts 13, uh, to fulfill all my will. He had a desire to do the will of God, to keep the commandments of the Lord, to follow after the things of the Lord. What's interesting when you, interesting when you see uh, the book of Acts and it's referring to this 1 Samuel 13 verse, uh, uh, it's, it's to understand uh, when this happened and how, what point of David's life that this was being written and what it was being spoken of. Because, of course, David, he becomes the lineage of Christ and he's the king of Israel and uh, he's the, the anointed one by Samuel. Those are all things that we know about David, and we know how powerful those, those things are in David's life and what they represent. Uh, but the verse in 1 uh, uh, Samuel chapter 13 and verse 14, it's written before he's ever anointed. It's written before he ever becomes king. It's written before uh, he's given 
the opportunity to say, uh, David, your son Solomon is going to build the temple. It's, it's written before these great events in David's life. This was something that David had created to long before he, he was well known or long before he was seen as the possibility of leading the, the, the people of Israel. Long before that, God had, had seen the desire of David's heart that was, I just want to do your will, God. I just want to follow after the things of you. One, one thing that many people miss in studying the Bible is that it is fundamentally a prayer book. It commands us to pray over 250 times. It mentions prayer an additional 280 times. Over 500 times it's speaking about the topic of prayer. And it gives repeated examples of great men and women praying and even records many of their prayers which we see in the book of Psalms. When you go back to the beginning, Adam and Eve had no Bible. They didn't have a Bible. But they did have direct communication and communion with God. And through their willful disobedience, they, they forfeited that personal relationship and they were separated from God's presence due to that sin and and the breach of that fellowship so grieved God that uh, he immediately began to offer a way of access to his presence that anyone who desired to commune with him. And, and the Bible is a record of God trying to restore uh, to humanity the relationship that was lost in Eden. And you see it all the way through the Bible that God is always in the restoring business. He always wants to communicate with his people. He always wants his people to have a relationship with him. And so you see the fall of Adam and Eve. And by Genesis 4, Genesis 4, verse 26, it says, And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. This is the first mention. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. The first people in the Bible that were called God's people were not called Christians. They were not called Jews. They were not called superstars. The first people that ever belonged to God was simply stated as people who called Upon the name of the Lord. The origin and the root of everything we do today is all about you and I calling upon the name of the Lord. You can set aside North American Christianity and you can set aside all the traditions and all the things, amen, that we think we have to have and do. It all goes back to a very simple statement that happened in Genesis 46 and they began to call upon the name of the Lord. They had a desire to have a communion with God that was the way God wanted it in the very beginning. That was the way it was. Call upon me, he says, and I will answer. Listen, when you and I don't know what to do, and we don't know where to go, and we throw our hands up because we don't have the answers, 
and, and everything around us doesn't seem to have any solution, there's one thing you can always go back to, and that is to call upon the name of the Lord. I was traveling on Monday, and uh, you ever wonder how anybody runs into a deer in the middle of the day? How, how is that possible? You, like, I mean, you, it's not like you can't see. And we were, we were traveling uh, on the road from Doketown to Miramichi, really, really wide, really wide. And I'm going along, and I can see from the right-hand side a deer run out of that woods, I mean full tilt. And I started, had to put on my brakes really fast. And that deer never stopped. It ran right across, and by the time I was stopped in front of it, that thing ran right across in front of me. And what was interesting is I had someone in the passenger seat. Just a little woman. And uh, I saw the deer come out of the woods, and then I heard the sound. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It was like an instantaneous calling on the name of the Lord. Now, I'm thankful if I put on the brakes. But I'm thankful that whatever the timing was in that situation, there was a calling on the name of the Lord. I kind of tormented her afterwards. I said, well, we know that that still works good. It all goes back to what had happened in Genesis chapter 4, church. The calling on the name of the Lord, amen, was God wanting his people to get back to a communion with him. Yeah, that's what it was. God's never changed. We all know we're supposed to pray. But sometimes one of the most frustrating aspects of prayer is not being able to find the right words or to be able to express exactly what's in our heart and what can we pray about and how should we pray about it and what's a legitimate prayer. and The reasons we have these questions is sometimes we have a hard time understanding what prayer really is, and we make it religious instead of relationship. We make it some to-do instead of a conversation. The Bible was given not just so we could have some head knowledge of certain doctrines or whatever, but it's to give us a, an opportunity to understand how we can have a personal relationship with God. And that relationship brings communication and, and prayer is the conversation that you and I have with God. And, and the Bible is the textbook, amen, that brings us into that prayer by simply stating them, and they began to call upon the name of the Lord. It teaches us the need to pray, the nature of prayer, the reward of prayer. But there's something within that word of God that's so powerful that I believe we sometimes, we sometimes do not take the advantage of. And that is praying the scripture. Let me tell you, there is nothing higher or greater than his word. Nothing, nothing 
that you can do, read, see, sing, nothing. Nothing is more powerful than the Word of God. And so sometimes when you when you don't know how to do it and you don't know what to say and you don't know where to turn and you don't know what the solution is, I would advise you to get out the Word of God and just let that be the prayer of your heart. Let that arise out of your spirit. Amen. Maybe one of the best places to start is in the book of Psalms and learn to pray the Scripture. Praying the Scripture invites us to pray. And then it initiates our prayer. See, prayer is actually natural to a person as crying is to a baby. But our flesh doesn't like it. It doesn't. I mean, it'll find everything else to do but pray. But it's a reflex of the human spirit. Because down deep inside, there is a desire to communicate and have conversation With the almighty God. And so it's often an involuntary reaction that bypasses our mind. And and our conscience uh, takes the action to override uh, the impulse. And our will is like, uh, I'll do that when i got a little more time. I'll I'll, I'll set aside a time at the end of the day, the middle of the day, tomorrow. And we come up with all kinds of things. uh, But the scripture invites us to pray. And then it initiates our prayer. Look what Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7 says. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up out of the land into a good land. And a large unto a land flowing with milk. And honey, listen, prayer is not manipulation of God. It is relationship with God. And as soon as you reach out to God and call upon his name, he hears you. Listen, when the people in Egypt started to call out upon God, he was on, he was on the prowl of setting up a deliverer. I mean, they went for hundreds of years, and finally they said, we can't take this any longer. See, you know, the first good length of time, everything was going along good. Joseph was was there, and I mean, they they had lots lots to eat because God used Joseph to keep the people surviving, and and Joseph made a deal with Pharaoh, and and his family goes and lives in Gershon, and I mean, things are not bad. But the Bible says there arose a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. And all of a sudden, it turned the opposite way. And what was good was no longer good. And it got to a point where the people said, we've got to get out of this mess. We've got, and the Bible says they began to cry unto the Lord. And God heard their cry. It wasn't a manipulation of God. It was a relationship with God. Psalm 5 says, give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice 
shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. That became a song. I don't even know if I dare try that, but let's try it. I, 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 I don't worry about it. I'll turn this way. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry. My King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. You might have to be old to know that. Or older. I might have sang it wrong too. It's all right. The point behind the whole idea is just take those verses and let those become the cry of your heart. Let those become the prayer of your spirit. And when you don't know what to pray and you don't know what to say, you can pick out what David wrote and allow that to be generated in your spirit. And let me tell you, it invites you to pray. It initiates Something inside of you. See, we have communion with God not because we desire it, but because he desired it. He declared it. Not because we produce it, but because he's already provided it. We can embrace it. We can enjoy it because he created it. The invitation to pray the Bible contains an explanation of how to pray. Listen, Listen to someone else pray. That's fine. But that's, that's not going to be enough for you. Praying the scripture unlocks uh, the intimacy and breaks the inertia that sometimes you feel in prayer. Uh, and you say back to God what God says to you in his word. Uh, and the complexity wars uh, are uh, against prayer. And it doesn't want, to, amen, for you to... Just be simple in your prayer and say how you feel. But he knows uh, the very intents of your heart. Let your prayer be an honest expression of your life. You and, we don't fool God. Prayer's not to, supposed to sound like some sales pitch. Praying the scripture illustrates to us how to pray. and It inspires us to pray. The Hebrew poetry is based on thought lines. It's not based on rhymes in the Psalms. And so sometimes in the, sec- in the second line, it repeats even what was said in the first. And sometimes the second line contrasts with the first. And sometimes the second line explains the, the first and so on. There's all kinds of things. Uh, the idea behind uh, what he's doing is sometimes we do repeat ourselves. And sometimes we maybe even contradict ourselves. And sometimes we express ourselves. And sometimes we just leave it because we don't know what to say. We're just trying to hold on by faith. But look what the scripture says. Psalm 24 and 3. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? 
or who shall stand in his holy place? Psalm 73, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. And Psalm 19 leads us in the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Uh, let me tell you, the, the book, uh, uh, the Bible is, is a, an, an open illustration of how you and I can pray no matter what the situation is when we don't know what to pray when we feel like we're a failure or when we have joy in our heart it doesn't matter you start praying those scriptures and let me tell you there's power in the word of God amen the enemy he can't compete with God's word no praying the scripture illuminates our hearts and it instructs our words keeping with what God's will is for yours and my life. David finds himself in an absolute mess, and he writes Psalm 51, and he makes it very clear. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, the only, have I sinned and, and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth uh, in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me he said with hyssop, wash me and make me whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. You can just hear as David is writing this psalm. How powerful it is. And the psalm wasn't just for David. Everybody that reads that today. Amen. Can approach God and say God here's my heart. Would you just create in me a clean heart. Oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. And as soon as you start praying that scripture. Let me tell you there's something powerful. That happens for you just like it happened for David. How was it that he was a man after God's own heart? He wanted to do God's will. He wanted to keep his commandments. And praying that scripture gives an imagery and an intensity to our prayers. That's why the Psalms are like songs. They overflow within us uh, as that word and spirit produces something within us that gives us the power to go another day gives us the strength to go on uh, let me tell you when you don't know how to make it today get out the word of God and start praying it yeah. don't get me wrong not against podcasts and 
Not against neat little devotions that people do. Not against your favorite song that you play over and over. I do that myself. I'm not against any of that. But none of that will compare to how powerful the word is when you pray. Nothing. Paul said in Ephesians 5, he said, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That praying the scripture leads us into intercession, leads us into a place with him that's way beyond what we can even comprehend. John wrote in Revelation and he put it this way. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lord, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. You start praying, you get into this prayer time with God, and you connect with him. The Bible says that God bottles those. You talk about how powerful that is. He bottles your prayer. Something happens when you take the scripture and add it to your prayer life. I'm sure we could go around the room tonight. Music come. And everyone's got a favorite passage. Maybe a favorite chapter. I have those myself. And sometimes when I feel like I just need a little extra strength, a little extra courage, I'll get out the word and I take those scriptures and that's what I pray. Now therefore, my son, be strong in the grace of that is in Christ Jesus. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's just verse 1, verse 4, verse 15. Same chapter. You can quote the chapter most of it for you. The idea behind it is it's in my spirit. And there's a power and there's an authority that's in there because of the scripture. Don't underestimate. Say, well, I, you know, I got no fancy words. You don't need fancy words. You don't need anything more than just the word of God. And when you start, that's settled. That's quick and powerful. That's sharper than any two-edged sword. You want to win a battle in your life? Pray the word of God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Would you stand tonight? Whoever it is, 
Maybe it's people in person, people watching or listening online tonight. Don't know exactly. But what I've ministered tonight is for everybody in this room. Not one person excluded. Because it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to face challenges. And the best way to face those challenges is to go to prayer with the word of God. You take your Bible and you find yourself on your knees before him. And you open it and you start praying those scriptures. And let the word of God come to life. And let it battle on your behalf. Amen. The battle is the Lord's. We're not wrestling flesh and blood. Principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what you and I are up against. Amen. But there's a spirit of the Lord. Amen. That raises up a standard against the enemy. Just when he comes in like a flood. The spirit of the Lord. Raises up that stand. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.